Hello, pleasure lovers, and welcome to the Pleasure Talks podcast. I am so excited for today's GC episode. We have the amazing Caro from Love by Caro, and I'm so excited to get into it. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about mental health and pleasure, and of course, lots of pot. So (laughs) get your bongs, (laughs) papers, whatever you need to get comfortable, because we're going to dive right into it. Um, Just as a disclaimer, as we do at the beginning of every episode, we're going to be talking a lot about cannabis, right? This is a platform for people to share their own sexual health and cannabis experiences and with that I think that's very empowering and learning on what we can do in the bedroom and something I like to say at the beginning of every episode is that we're not here to treat cure or diagnose anyone Uh, we're really just here to share cannabis crazy sex stories and without that um, that's what makes it all juicy so I'm so excited because I'm so fangirling over the girl in front of me right now Kara how are you doing today love? I'm so great, Antoinette. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking weed, mental health, sex. So this is my favorite. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I met Caro on a clubhouse room. You know, it's such a cool app and you get to meet like-minded people. Obviously, we were talking about pussies and orgasms and we just basically fell in love with each other. We're like, we need to work together. So here we are. You know, I felt that she does. A, she has a very unique and very cool career within the sex space. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Caroline or Caro, and I started Love by Caro really to help people with a transformation of self and self-discovery. And I evolved it to really focus on taboo topics and intimacy within the past year. So my goal is just to end shame and stigma around sex, but any like slew of issues and with a real focus on education, mental health, intersectionality. Like I really like just having a holistic view and being very grounded in science, but also a little bit of the woo-woo. And a huge thing for me too is like finding your own path. Like I'll never tell someone this is the way there's so many different truths we can hold Uh, and I know Antoinette you're a big fan of that too just discernment and openness so yeah I help people end shame connect to their bodies have better orgasms be confident and all of the above exactly and that's why I fell in love with you girl (laughs) I feel like you are very like-minded in the sense where we're not here to judge we're not here to we're not even here to tell you what to do to be honest we're just here to show you all of the things you can do And, you know, if any of those pique your pleasure, feel free to delve into them. And, you know, I find that these things could be very empowering and and maybe it's not even pleasure. Maybe we're talking about pain, right? So I'm excited to talk about these really important topics because healthcare, uh, I mean, mental health is um, often overlooked and even in, in in the sexuality space. But I'm curious because how has mental health affected your sex life? Yeah, I love that question. So I started struggling with depression when I was 21. I was going through my first breakup of five years and I definitely felt like I had an overdrive, like sexual overdrive. And I think that happens with people. You can go one way or the other. So I found myself just trying to go on a lot of Tinder dates, like hooking up with a lot of guys. I was in college. So I felt like I was kind of uh, putting a bandaid on and my mental health, I always thought like, oh, if I find a partner, then I'll be happier. And that now I'm 29. So it's kind of evolved over time. But that was really what it took at the beginning was like realizing my chasing for men and then kind of like 
peeling the onion back and like taking a step back and asking myself, why is this the solution? And that bleeds into a lot of codependency uh, and just, yeah, a bunch of different things that I think are important to examine. Most definitely. It's so beautiful because mental health is one aspect of our health, right? We have our, our sex life, we have our personal relationships, we have our work life to be fulfilled. We have all of these different things and it's often unseen. And it's always that, it's always that thing that's always hovering over us that we feel, we see that it's mm-hmm. over bleeding into all of other areas, but do we deal with it? I'm curious, how, like, how did you discover cannabis? Like how has that affected your sex life or mental health in any capacity? Yeah. I love that question. So I got <laughs> mono in seven, uh, in high school when I was 17 and I had never smoked weed before I was dating this guy and he was a huge stoner. And then once I had mono, I literally thought I was on my death bed and I was like okay like I'm gonna try weed after that like I want to try it before I die uh, and then I really fell in love with it and we would all I would always hook up stoned and I just realized like sex was typically better high and yeah it started as a teenager <laughs> it is better high a thousand percent there's just something that makes it so much more erotic right I feel like it's just because we're so much more present I find so that's interesting that you found it so early on in life lucky you right (laughs) you're so lucky so I'm so curious like how what has really you know what was it that you feel pleasure has impacted your depression and anxiety and and do do you find that cannabis products not even like consuming like um non-intoxicating products has helped you with depression anxiety or anxiety yeah so i'm a big fan of self-pleasure and obviously orgasms they release a bunch of feel-good chemicals so that's definitely a way like if i'm feeling tired from depression sometimes i'll just like self-pleasure in the middle of the day or after a nap Um, And then just like as a self-love ritual, I'm a huge fan of taking a bath at night. And I know y'all sell bath salts that I really want to try. Um, But taking a bath and just laying out my squirt blanket and having like an hour with my crystal wand, huge fan of like those, like I use a black obsidian wand right now for squirting and that's really nice. So I would say definitely it gives me energy, but I also notice that my sex drive is impacted when I'm depressed. So sometimes I'm just mood. And so it can sometimes be a good indicator of like, okay, if my sex drive is lower, it can tell me like something isn't right with myself. That's just how I work. No, I love that, especially with um, the square blanket. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think that there, you've kind of touched on it. There, There's these practices that you do that can really help you get into the mood, even if you are having, you know, a mental health day, for example. So like for our listeners out there, we have, we all deal with it within within our own like mental health. We all have different things that we're focusing on. So with you being an expert in this field, how do you practice self-care during a bad mental health day? Like what are some examples that our listeners could use on what that would look like? Yeah, I love this question too, because I'm not a therapist or medical professional, but just, you know, someone who's experienced this. And I would say definitely first, like get your professional team set up, like make sure you have a primary care doctor, a psychiatrist, a therapist, if you have the resources to do so. And if you don't, just getting a really solid support system and knowing the free hotlines to call. I'm a huge fan of Al-Anon, which is a 12-step group um, to 
really heal from living with addiction or having a friend who's an addict. And these support groups are all free. So I suggest people have a medical team, a support group. And then I really like having a list of activities that help me when I'm in a bad mood because with depression, you usually think nothing will help. So I love listening to like a good Spotify playlist, wrapping myself in a blanket and taking a nap, going on a walk outside, calling a friend. So I suggest you kind of have a list of things. And if you struggle with anxiety, really focusing on the five senses helps you bring back to the present moment. So like holding a nice cube, getting a really strong uh, essential oil, like sniffing that, like anything to bring you back into the moment can help a lot. Most definitely. And CBD, wink, wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah, I love, yeah, CBD, of course. I feel like it's so hard. It's it's easy to forget that for me. But yeah, I love like I have a CBD pen or just the tincture, any way you like to consume it. CBD is perfect for anxiety and depression. Yeah, that brings me to my next question, which was like, do you think cannabis makes people explore pleasure? Mm, Yeah. So I found like a CBD lube a few years ago and I definitely noticed that my orgasms were stronger and it made my self-pleasure practice more fun and I wanted to use it. So I think it definitely like it makes it more enjoyable to have these like fun accessories to try. And I think a lot of people struggle with getting present in the moment, like not being distracted. I I do one-on-one intimacy coaching and a huge thing I hear is like, people will be in the bedroom or even trying to masturbate and they can't focus. Like they have to watch porn or they'll just stare at the ceiling. And I think cannabis can really help us like come back to earth and just slow down, especially like an indica strain could be nice. Uh, So I think cannabis is a perfect way to kind of dive into pleasure and just have more fun. Yeah, most definitely. And if you don't know where to start, listeners, when it comes to like exploring cannabis in the bedroom, free, feel free to go to pleasurepeaks.com and get a free pleasure guide. It's really important that you're picking the right strains and genetics so you can have a pleasant experience because I always find there's a fine line between enhancing and intoxicating, especially for new users. So if you find that you're new to cannabis, please check that out. And if you are looking for non-intoxicating cannabis options like CBD um, pleasure products, for example, please check us out. We have eight different ones to choose from. And I think that's why it's so fascinating and why we have so many products is because we're all using cannabinoids or these resources and tools for different things. It could be mental, it could be physical, like our bath salts are so incredibly good for people who have lots of body anxiety, body stress, body tightness, Mm -hmm. right? Which is very different from our lubricants, (laughs) which is like, it can help with like pain during intercourse or just increasing arousal, sensitivity to touch, obtaining orgasm and squirting much easier. So just know that this is like an adventure to try new things, um, which I think is really exciting that a lot of people feel is overlooked. But I'm curious, um, you know, when, it, when talking about like mental health, especially since we're in quarantine, for those who are listening, maybe this is years from now, maybe this is a few months from now, but we are definitely in quarantine with the COVID-19 and mental health has been such a huge topic because people have been in lockdown, people have been in isolation and people are yearning to be intimate and connected to not only their lovers within their friends or within themselves. So I'm curious, like, how do you think mental health has affected um relationships and people's sex lives in today's current um field 
Yeah, definitely. This is something that I don't see talked enough about. And grief comes to mind first. I studied to be a death doula last year, and I'm really into grief and how to treat it and care for people. And I think even if you haven't had a physical loss in your life, like grieving your past life, grieving, not seeing your friends, like that's a huge thing that people are dealing with. And with grief, uh, it can really look like depression symptoms. You can isolate, you can have little interest of anything. So I think a lot of people are seeing their sex drive is lowered. And sometimes I think people get on antidepressants to feel better and that the medication can impact your sex drive. But I really urge people to talk to their doctor if that's a side effect, because I think a lot of times people think they blame medication for certain side effects. And really, maybe it's like you're not as attracted to your partner or you just feel off or maybe you're like, oh, I really want to have a threesome or I'm bisexual. Like I have a lot of friends that are kind of like coming to terms with their sexuality during quarantine myself included. I consider myself bi-curious. Um, so for me, that means like definitely attracted to women. I'm open to having a threesome, but I've never been intimate with a woman or a vulva owner. So I think a lot of things are going on and you can also become hypersexual. So if you're grieving, sometimes like grief sex is a thing where you feel connected to someone more when you are intimate with them. So I really suggest people have intentional time to talk with their partner or reflection if you're single, because that's the only way you can move forward. Like communication is lubrication as sex with Emily says. <laughs> and I really think just setting that time aside to chat about what your needs are. It's so common that we have different libidos and that's okay. And honoring where you're at uh, is really important and knowing that's fluid. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And, and knowing that this is like it, that we're all kind of in this together as well. So mm-hmm. always leading with compassion with these conversations and, but they're very, um, they're very touchy subjects. Right. And I think that especially we had the like largest rise of like divorces this year and uh, people are very questioning the relationships that they're in. I'm curious, like what are your thoughts uh, or tips on how we can uh, uh, Um, partners in relationships can really strengthen themselves who may be dealing with mental health um, issues today. Yeah. So aside from kind of what I suggested, like seeking professional help, I think that's always like step one, because I think people have this story of like, I'm too busy. I don't know how to do it. The insurance is complicated, like really focusing on getting professional help, number one. And then I think finding a hobby is so important, like having your own thing. And you don't always have to do that with your partner. So I bought like clay at Michael's, which is our local craft store, like make clay art or um, watercolor or start a hiking club, like finding your own passion, I think is really important. And then I also like the theory of like, there's so many different types of intimacy. Some people say there's eight types. And so an example is like experiential intimacy. So that means like if you go on vacation with someone or you like do something and experience that brings you closer. So like Google eight types of intimacy and find which one piques your interest. Like maybe it's intellectual intimacy and it would be helpful to read the same book as your partner and have like kind of like a book club at home every month. Uh, I think that would be really beautiful. So really focusing on building your own life and being healthy, you know, separately, and then also kind of cultivating the unit and setting goals or setting something fun to do to build more intimacy. 
Oh man, did she just say that? She's been hey. dropping gems. Uh, <laughs> I've been taking notes, guys. I hope you all too. <laughs> There's eight types of intimacy. Oh, that's so exciting. I have some fun homework to do later. I'm going to check those out. And another thing you mentioned was the building of yourself. It's so important. I can definitely speak about that for absolutely ever. But I find that it's more apparent now than ever right? Because we are, majority of us are working from home or we're just stuck at home, you know, and we're forced to look at ourselves in the mirror constantly, where we're at in life. What are we doing in life? Do we appreciate it? Are we actually happy with the path that we're on? And I think that being forced to look at yourself and forced to look at your relationships, people are questioning all of these different things. And I think that in relationships, a lot of the time, people lose themselves a lot of the time, right? And that's normal, of course, but I think the healthier it is, the healthier your relationship is, the more you will find yourself working on your own self. And I think healthy relationships give you those opportunities, wanting to support each other in finding your passions and in supporting them and loving those for whatever it is. And it could constantly be changing. And I think hobbies is smack right on the nail because I taken up painting recently. I've taken up like sculpture. I've been taking up so many things that I miss about myself and that I used to do like in high school or like in grade school and things that I actually enjoyed. I finally get to do so much more and I'm now in this beautiful pleasure mode where I'm just like in love with myself and I find that we all have that opportunity now with the quarantine so it could be very like overwhelming because it's like we're constantly looking at ourselves but it could be so empowering to have that time to self-love to self to to self-take care right because I feel like in relationships we're always taking care of the other person so take that opportunity to smoke a joint and just focus on yourself (laughs) yes and I love that you mentioned you're doing things from high school and grade school because I think inner child healing is so important and a way to connect with your inner child is really to think back of what you liked as a kid and go do that and if you like being on the swings like go find a playground if it's open and go on the swings and do that with your partner like you could have an inner child date and like you and your partner could kind of both embrace your inner children so there's lots you can explore yeah I love that inner child work is so important and I find that these are just all such great opportunities to delve deeper into your sexuality what you want to bring to the table what you want to bring to your relationship and your life to be honest um Mm -hmm. and I think it's really exciting so you know that things can be really stressed out but I find that when there's mental health involved it's so much more important to have that balance right so if you're already dealing with depression anxiety or anything else of that matter finding an outlet is so much more important to deal yes. with. So, right? And I find that that creativity, that, that connection to source, that connection to self is a lot more easier to obtain as well with cannabis. I think that cannabis has a huge spiritual component that we don't think about a lot of the time, but it can really, really good at bringing up and, and reflecting things that are really important to be aware at that time. And, um, and I think that is a huge part of the healing too, of receiving those messages from your inner child and yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's super fascinating. Um, 
I have my next question, which are, what are things that you would love to share um, to improve into, or, or how does, sorry, let me change that question. How does codependency impact your sex life? Because we were talking about, you know, healthy and non-healthy relationships and what they look like, but how does codependency affect people's sex lives today? Yeah. So I learned about this with reading Esther Perel's work, Mating in Captivity is the book. Mm -hmm. And she talks about people who are codependent. And typically if you are raised by an addict or an alcoholic, like you'll usually be codependent on them. That's where kind of the research started. And, and basically codependency means like if someone else isn't okay, then you're not okay. Like you internalize other people's feelings and you focus on fixing the other person when really like the journey is like focusing on what you can control. And that's typically only yourself and just, you know, being a healthy resource for your friends and family. But Esther Perel talks about how when somebody is codependent, specifically in the bedroom, they're concerned with how the other person's pleasure is. And so this can lead to them not having an orgasm, not having like not if you're a penis donor, like not getting hard. And so I did date somebody where he had trouble lasting like longer in the bedroom or he had trouble with like keeping an erection, using condoms. And it was always like this like struggle where he would get so embarrassed and kind of shut down. And I was like, you know what, it's okay. Like it, it's fine. Like, let's just keep going, whatever. Uh, and it's really because like, they're so focused on the other person that they can't enjoy their own pleasure. And so in sex, like you really need to be in your own body and be present with what you're experiencing to have kind of the best experience uh, from what Esperel talks. And, you know, I agree with that too. So really learning to come home to the body and like focusing on yourself and obviously like communicate consent, like is your partner turned on or partners like being tuned in, but like, firstly, you have to be in your body. And a lot of people who are codependent, like struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. It's so interesting to think about I have one partner that's like that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard too because like a lot of people are embarrassed or like I know I even talked to like my stepmom about it when it was happening and she was like, Caroline, like is this somebody that you want to keep dating or potentially marry if the sex is like this? And I was like embarrassed because I, I loved this guy and I really cared about him and he was great on paper, but it's sometimes you feel bad like, feeling superficial for like not having the perfect sex life. And you're like, well, maybe it will get better. Maybe it won't. Um, so really recognizing what your needs are, because I think a lot of people too, they just have a low sex drive. Like some people are gray sexual or asexual and like maybe sex isn't that important to you. And really like, it's fine if your partner's codependent and you kind of want to walk that uh, journey with them and everything I believe can be healed and fixed. And we're never really broken. Like you're not broken if you're codependent. And there's also this theory of like pro-dependence and I have this book and it talks about like codependency basically removes like our human aspects like pro-dependency is about like relying on other people how we're all interconnected like removing the shame and I think that's really cool too of like really yeah like it's okay to rely on somebody else and maybe it's okay if you're sad if someone else is sad so all this like psychology stuff and sex stuff, like it changes with the research and it really, you have to have discernment and think through the fact patterns and like feel into your body, like what resonates with you and what doesn't. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at it. You're right. And I think this is just a great way to start that conversation, right? Like this is normal. So many people go through it. Um, you know, I've seen it multiple times in my lifetime. And I think that it's different in every scenario. But I think the point is, is that you have this opportunity to maybe stop thinking about your partners and pleasure and focus on your own. I think that's where the homework would be specifically for this type of person. And I think that's fun. Like good for you. I'm so jealous because I already know what I love. <laughs> and I'm so communicative right? in it and I do it all the time, but I would love for you to have all of that pleasure just like I, and you know what you can too. It's just, you're going to have to have this adventure of learning what works for you. What doesn't work for you. I was thinking about it the other day. Cause I have a new partner and I remember the first time I talked, I was like, Oh, I really love like daddy daughter stuff. And he was just like, Oh, like, you know, I've never tried that, but I'd be interested. And every time I brought it up, he would just get like uncomfortable. Mm. And then I was just like, I'm not even into daddy daughter stuff. Like that was so like a few years ago for me. Like, I'm really not even like, I, I honestly am over it. So it makes you think like kinks are constantly changing. You're always changing, you know, you're, your whatever is going to pleasure you is going to be changing. So be open to the fact that just because you don't know right now doesn't mean like you're not going to know forever. It just means that you got a lot of things to try out, which is even more exciting. Toys, products, experiences, like, you know, like there's so much to it than just another position, guys. <laughs> yes, I think that's great for you to share that because things are so fluid, like sexuality, gender desires, and it's okay. And that's why having like these check-ins with your partner yourself is so important. And I don't know if you've heard of the yes, no, maybe list where you kind of list out like what you yes want to do, what is like no off the table and maybe. And I did that with my partner a few years ago. And I remember I was like, I'll never do butt stuff, like maybe a threesome. And like, <laughs> now I'm like, oh, like butt stuff seems cool. Like I, I haven't explored it yet because I've been single for the past year due to quarantine. Um, but yeah, like it's okay for things to change. And sometimes when you explore it where you're like, oh, I think I want to be polyamorous. Like sometimes it just like loses the appeal after you let yourself have that desire. So I think it's totally. really important for yourself to like go there. Uh, and also you can always just like dirty talk about it and not even actually initiate it. Like you could dirty talk about having a threesome, but not actually have one. And maybe that will satisfy you. So I think exploration and just like that openness and like allowing yourself to explore and having a partner that's willing to hold your hand through that is really helpful. You're so great. She's just dropping so much tips. <laughs> now you have more homework. Yes, no's, and maybe lists. That's really exciting. I yes. love it. <laughs> You're so great. I'm so oh, curious. You're like the queen of pleasure. So like, what is your self-pleasure routine? Yeah. <laughs> so I get really extra with it. Uh, I love taking <laughs> baths and uh, I take one every night. So usually like I'll do bath salts. Sometimes I'll put like rose petals, like orange peels from my citrus that I eat and just like have a little moment in the bathtub. Uh, not like self-pleasuring because I'm not really into like bath and self-pleasure for me. 
And then after I'll lay out my squirt blanket on my bed. So for people that don't know, it's just like a waterproof blanket that absorbs anything if you're bleeding on it or squirting. Um, so I'll put that down, clean my crystal wands and then get the CBD lube out. And I really like using coconut oil to massage like my whole body, especially like after the bath to kind of like start uh, the arousal process. And sometimes I'll watch, usually I'll watch ethical porn. I have noticed like I'm not not smoking cannabis right now or like consuming THC. So with porn, it has increased when I was high and when I'm sober, I don't really watch it as much for some reason. Um, so ethical porn, I'm a huge fan of if you're going to watch porn. And then yeah, I grab the wand. I typically will do the black obsidian wand and like just use my hand as well for clitoral stimulation and the obsidian wand is more like internal. And just, yeah, just go to town, squirt, have fun. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm in more periods where to like de-armoring and yoni mapping, which is more like pressing a wand or a toy against like the internal vaginal walls to see like where is numb, where has pressure. Uh, that's not really something that I do currently, but I think that's really great, especially for people that have trauma if you're, if you're um, I think that's a really good way to kind of just notice the sensations in your body, but I'm definitely focused kind of on orga orgasms at the moment for my self-pleasure routine and yeah, edging. I think edging is really important too. kind of getting to the edge of orgasm and then stopping that really helps me for squirting. And some people like they don't like focusing on squirting. I think it's kind of fun to have do that now, but everything's just an ebb and a flow. So that's kind of my routine now. I love it. There's like a whole <laughs> 20 steps in it, but I have to know <laughs> what is like, what type of crystal is your crystal wand? That's what I want to know. Yeah. It's black obsidian. <laughs> uh, and I did it for two reasons. Like black obsidian's great for trauma and clearing negative energy, but this thing is also, it's double-sided. So so it's kind of like beaded for anal play. And then the other tip is for your G spot. So I got black because I was like, oh, if I ever put this up my butt, then like it won't, it'll have poop on it maybe. And like, then it won't show. Like, unlike like a rose quartz, uh, I have not stuck it up my butt yet. But once I find a partner, I'm down. Uh, and then I also have the cervix serpent from the Yoni Pleasure Palace. So that's a glass wand. But I definitely prefer the crystals more because they're heavier. And I just like the feel um, versus glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I love them all. I'm always so scared that they'll break, but they never do, obviously. They're such oh great my quality, God. but that's what freaks me out the most. <laughs> yeah, mine did break. Like, I bought a cheap, like, it was $40. Uh, it was a little G-Spot wand, and it was green Aventurine, and it did break because I dropped it on my tile floor. But, yeah, with these other ones, I hold them like my baby. Like, I'm like, this can't drop. But I would say the Black Obsidian one's, like, pretty, like, sturdy, like – I think class, I do worry about that one more. One thing that we do carry at Pleasure Peaks is that we have yoni eggs and like we've been carrying yoni eggs for years. And I find that yoni eggs are so fascinating because they're crystal eggs, similar to the crystal wand, um, but they can be inserted up the vag uh, vaginal wall. And I find that you can keep them in there for a little bit longer so you can really feel the energies of the crystals and we have it in jade rose quartz and black obsidian and the black obsidian is so amazing for pain 
or trauma or releasing those very stagnant negative energies, uh, which I think is so powerful. I think that the um, the jade egg is the most effective in the traditional egg uh, in traditional Chinese medicine. Um, it's been used to cleanse the kidneys, uh, which is us, apparently where your erotic energy comes from. And it's very mm. powerful if you are like postmenopausal um, and trying to like up your libido. It's so incredibly effective. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. I've heard crazy stories. Um, and then the, and then the rose quartz is just for self-love because we always need to be working on self-love. I find that, you know, as vulva carriers, we're always told that like our pussy is always to be sold, oppressed, taken apart, you know, utilized. So I find that it's so empowering to have that self-love aspect to it too. And I feel like I had an almost awakening with my yoni egg. Because I remember for one time I got it stuck because I got a yoni egg that was non-drilled. You can get a drill yes. or you can put like, um, you know, a piece of string through it so you can pull it out or you can have one that's non-drilled if you like. But it was so interesting learning how to like birth an egg and like using my pelvic floor muscles to like do it all and um it was very challenging but I think it's so it just brings back that awareness and we're always looking for awareness that's what it always comes down to right because there's so much sacred wisdom within our bodies that could be utilized for healing and protection and growth so I think that all of these things are so fascinating that we've been talking about today <laughs> yes and the yoniics too like you can or like orgasm with them in so I haven't done that yet, but I had people dming me about it they were like have you tried masturbating with your yoni egg and I was like no I need to but it has helped me like I struggled with uh, irregular periods after going off birth control and the yoni egg will like kickstart my period and also supposed to help with creativity. So I think that's like a really fun thing y'all should buy from Pleasure Peaks. <laughs> it's so fascinating. And like, this is why I just love my work because I started this company back in 2015 and I was just shocked on how many sacred sexuality and pleasure practices that were, that we have actual like, information on from centuries ago so i think it's so fascinating and we all just need to bring it back because whatever has been happening for the past few generations is not it uh -oh. <laughs> right <laughs> at all when it comes to pleasure and sex there's so much than what's have that we see and know and it's a it's time to bring it all back to make it our own again so i'm so excited for that thank you carol you've been such a great you know amazing guest on our show we do have some rapid fire questions before yes. you go but i have to know what is your favorite strain and why <laughs> yeah i love this question i'm gonna say girls out cookie because it smells good and it's more indica but i'm really like i'll typically do indica before bed or a hybrid so sativa during the day but I, i'm down for whatever <laughs> girl scout cookies is, is like i swear almost all of our guests say it it's really <laughs> yeah they love but it's like such a great strain it makes you giggly it makes you really happy but it also like gives you that like body high so like it yeah. is a hybrid so i think it's just a great hybrid at that which is so understandable on why so many people like it too and it's not like crazy on uh, the terpenes that it would like turn off a lot of people it's just perfect mm -hmm. <laughs> so my next question is um how do you like to consume? What is your favorite way to consume? We know you love your bath salts. We got to send you some bath salts. Yes. Uh, but what is your I would favorite? say my bong for sure. I, I bought a silicone Yay. bong and that's definitely my favorite way. <laughs> We're officially best friends because I have a whole <laughs> bong collection. I love it. I'm such a bong girl. I love that. 
and it's so hard. I feel like a lot of the time bongs get, you know, they get the bad end of the stick. They think about like college dorm rooms or they think about like, you know, bros, but they have beautiful, elegant bongs now, guys. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <Definitely the> way. <laughs> I'm so happy that you love bong. It's amazing. Our last question is, what are the last tips that you would like our listeners to know? Yeah. So the definition for intimacy that resonates with the most people that I speak to is thinking about it as into me, I see like the different words. So basically intimacy is coming home to yourself and really about self-reflection. So if you struggle with being open, if you struggle with trauma, like definitely focusing on how you can heal and there's so many different ways and you're not broken. Uh, it's really easy if you have mental health problems to have the distorted thought, I'm, I'm broken, I'm fucked up, nothing will happen, like that will cure me. So just knowing that like there is a path to feeling good and you deserve to feel happy and just like focus on that journey back home to the self and ask for help. You, you don't need to do this journey alone, but it does start with you. So just really devoting time to yourself is my biggest tip. And like, you're worth that. I love that. Into Mm -hmm. me, I see. That's so beautiful. Yes. And I can't figure out who coined it. Like I've heard it at like festivals, but I I don't know who started it, but I think that's such a great way to conceptualize it because it's like saying, how do you define love? Like it's like a really hard concept and it's so unique to everyone. So yeah, it's all, it's all about coming home to the self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so beautiful. This has been such a beautiful conversation and a great conversation such a hard conversation to have but you made it so easy and beautiful Mm. and relatable and and holding space for all of our listeners so thank you for being here where can our listeners find you if they'd like to follow you yeah well thank you so much for having me it was so fun and i'm very active on instagram and clubhouse at love by caro l-o-v-e-b-y-c-a-r-o I also have a website, lovebycaro.com, and I have my own podcast, Let's Go Deep with Love by Caro, where I talk about intimacy, death, mental health, sexuality, all the taboo topics. Uh, so yeah, if you follow Instagram, that's where like I promote everything that I'm doing, and I'm planning on doing some workshops in the coming month and then launching a group program around confidence and ending shame. So I'd love to connect with y'all and DM me whatever resonated. It would be so nice nice to have a new connection that's so exciting and let's go deep that sounds like an amazing podcast we'll definitely (laughs) check it out and yeah thanks so much go follow her she's loved by caro uh our next episode is going to feature some really dope guests so stay tuned for that i'm really excited about you this has been another episode on the pleasure talks podcast people and i'll see y'all at the next one ciao bye (laughs) thanks carol